The following program was previously recorded and is sponsored by Danny Yamashiro Ministries. This is 99.5 The Word. Welcome to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii radio show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. And now, experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here with my co-host, Lani Ka'a. Welcome to... The Good Life. We're here to help unleash your God-given purpose, offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. How does a man whose conversion story is also titled The Vietnam Vet, The Cop, and The Atheist wind up in the city of Boston with an influential Christian organization? Well, this is the story of Craig Parker, a man who, with his wife, Nancy, has for over 40 years of ministry served in Virginia, Germany, Dartmouth College in New Hampshire, and at Boston University. We pause here at the beginning of our show, as we typically do, to remind you the reason we have the Good Life radio program, well, dear friend, is is to lead you closer and closer to our Lord Jesus Christ for you to know the one who loves you and knows you. The one who has touched the heart of Craig Parker. Yes, he loves you so much. Jesus loves you so much, dear friend, that he died on the cross for your sins. He shed his blood on that cross to wash your sins away. He was buried. And three days later, he rose again from the grave. And the living Christ who has reached out and touched and called Craig is, is calling out to you. We believe this is uh, an opportune moment to respond to the Lord. No matter what you're facing, what you're going through, no matter how, how tough things may be at this very moment, to turn to Jesus and see how the Lord can lift you up, guide you through even the most trying and difficult times. Craig Parker is the city director for the Navigators in Boston, giving oversight to numerous staff and volunteer leaders, ministering among college students, among internationals, among incarcerated persons, and in neighborhoods and churches, all with a focus on life-to-life discipleship Craig and his wife, Nancy, worship at High Rock Church in Arlington. They have four children and ten grandchildren. Craig Parker, welcome to our show. Thank you, Danny. It's a privilege to be here today with you. Thank you. Craig, where did you grow up? I grew up in Northampton, New Hampshire, about an hour north of Boston. It's in the the little wedge of New Hampshire that's called the Seacoast. I grew up about uh, five or six miles from the ocean. Who influenced you most, Craig, in your growing up years? Uh, Sure. Um, Certainly my parents, uh, uh, my dad especially, but my 
my mom was diagnosed with cancer when I was about uh, six or seven years old, and then the next seven years of my life were deeply shaped by her uh, increasing uh, debilitation with cancer, and then she died when I was 13. Uh, I think that that had a profound influence on my life in terms of just uh, I was the youngest of four, dealing with the loss of a parent, and 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 certainly I my dad and uh, was especially influential in my life during that time. He was like a rock as we faced uh, my mother's cancer together. I was my older siblings and I all all walked through this, but because I was home and uh, with my dad, the, two of my older siblings were gone. I was we we walked through this journey together, and so it was. He had a profound influence in my life. I was also influenced. I was in Boy Scouts. Uh, I graduated from high school in 1972. Um, Boy Scouts in the late 60s uh, was helpful for me, and I had a scout master who was influential in my life, and and certainly a number of teachers in in school as well. You mentioned your dad during during your mom's illness, and then her mm -hmm. subsequent passing. What do you remember, Craig? Um, things that your you and your dad mm. talked about during those times. Sure. Any yeah. reflections? Um, I, I mean, I, I, we we weren't a Christian household, um, so we weren't churchgoers. My dad's one of his favorite things was keep the faith, and his dad was a Baptist minister. Um, so he was the youngest of five, and so there was the backdrop of the Christian faith, uh, but it wasn't something we talked about in a, in a very deep level. But I think what I learned from him, he was a, uh, a basic contractor. He did plumbing, he did electrical, and I worked with my dad from, the, from about the fifth grade onward, but especially all through high school, we did construction projects together. And I think I learned in terms of dad's, my dad's work ethic, uh, his integrity, his complete honesty. But for, more than anything, I saw my dad's faithfulness to my mom uh, as he as as her as she was increasingly failing in her last years. Uh, my dad was just utterly loyal to him. I, I mean, to her. And uh, and later on, as I be, became a Christian, uh, the, the the Hebrew word has said, which is the loving kindness of of God, of God's undying loyalty and and sacrificial love. My dad embodied for me that has said of God of loving kindness and caring for my mom until she died. I do remember one last visit that I we had with her. She was in hospice care in a nursing home and my dad uh brought me to see her just a few, I would say weeks or maybe a month or so before she died. Uh she was unable to talk. Uh we our eyes focused on each other, but she was not able to speak. And then that was the last time I saw her. Uh, we went back, and my dad put his arm around me. We sat on his bed in his bedroom, and, and we, we cried for a long time. And I remember just that sense of my dad's arm around me, his weeping with me, his caring for me. And I think so I think what I saw from him, again, it wasn't so much about conversation as much as his, his example of faithfulness and work ethic uh, in the midst of a very hard time. Such tender, tender memories, Craig, with your dad. Yeah, yeah. Around you, his arms around you on that bed, mm -hmm. uh, having gone through your mom's ordeal together, but also to mm -hmm. see. Yeah. It, yeah. It, rem it reminds me of how 
how the Lord wraps his arms around us during Amen, times Danny. that are unspeakable. Yeah, I mean, it's been yes. a long time. I'm, I'm 67 years old. That was, you know, when I was 13. But my, my eyes are tearing up even just with that memory. Your, you mentioned your grandfather was a minister. Mm-hmm. Uh, your father used to say, keep the faith, but didn't necessarily raise you in, in, the, in the Christian home. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you become a believer? In Christ, yeah. Um, in my my junior in high school, I was in um, a jazz band, and we had an exchange concert with another high school in Massachusetts, about two hours away from. I, I went to high school in Hampton, New Hampshire, and I met a girl at that exchange concert. Um, we went for a walk together. She was from Chicopee, Massachusetts, and. And started dating as a result of that. Uh, it was a long-distance relationship, but I would go and visit with her and, on weekends, and we dated, I don't know, six months or so. And, and um, toward the end of our dating relationship, she had a, a, a profound conversion experience through the Episcopal Church, a movement called Faith Alive. This happened in late 1971. And I was, um, I was, I would describe myself as an atheistic agnostic. I didn't I wasn't a hardcore atheist, but I just didn't believe in God. And I was certainly whatever, whoever God was, I didn't, you know, the, the loss of my mom, I was very embittered against a God I didn't believe in. And when she had this Holy Spirit conversion and uh, came alive through this Holy Spirit, uh, I just thought it was a bunch of um, rubbish. And I argued with her. I met with her Episcopal priest. I argued with him. She gave me a New Testament and uh, said I should read it, and uh, then a few weeks after, she broke up with me, and I was sort of doubly embittered at the God I didn't believe in because of the loss of this girlfriend as well as the loss of my mom. But I, I began to read the New Testament more out of spite and anger, but also with a sort of curiosity. In uh, March of 1972, just you know, three months before I graduated from high school, I, I got invited to be to a volunteer organization in Hampton, and I just went to, to check it out. It was a crisis hotline. People who were dealing with drug addiction or depression or other things would call in, and they needed people to man the phones at night. And I, I decided to check it out to see if it was something I'd be interested in. And we broke into groups of three or four and had to tell something about ourselves. And I mentioned in my little group that I was reading the New Testament to, to find out if it was true or not. A guy was in that group named Rod Hersey. He was 19 years old at the time. I was 17. And Rod said, are you a Christian? I said, no. Would you like to hear how to become a Christian? I said, sure. And we went out and grabbed, uh, I think, a bite to eat. It was maybe around 8 or eight or 9 at night. And I argued with him uh, why I didn't believe in God. Uh, he, he shared with me just the basic gospel message. He was actually using Camp's Crusades for spiritual laws. He, he pulled that out of his pocket and said, well, God loves you and has a purpose for your life, and but you've sinned against God, and Jesus died to cover your sin, and you can begin a relationship with him, and how would you like to do that tonight? There's more to the story in that Rod Hersey himself, I knew him as the as a troublemaker in town. He was the kid who was always hanging out in the corner, wearing blue jeans and a blue jean jacket. He was a kid that we all knew as sort of was in trouble, and I didn't know anything about his story, but this evening... He was uh, wearing nice khaki pants and a nice shirt, and it, and it was not like the, the guy I knew by reputation. 
And Rod went on to tell me his story of how he'd come to faith. He'd been driving illegally a dump truck, uh, towing a car illegally, a couple years before. And all the cops in town knew him as a kid who was always in trouble. And he was driving this truck, and a cop pulled him over, a cop named Ray Nami, motioned to Rod to get out of this car and said, come up and sit with me in the cruiser. And he said, Rod, the way you're living your life, you're either going to end up in jail or six feet under. And there's a God who loves you and has a purpose for you. And, and, but you've sinned against God, and you need Jesus in your life. And, well, Jesus has died to come, pay for your sin, and you can begin relationship with God. And as they sat in the cruiser, finally he said, would you like to pray to receive Christ in your life right now? And Rod said, yes, I would. They prayed together. Ray welcomed him to the family of God, and he said, now, Rod, I have to give you a summons, <laughs> because he was you know, driving his truck illegally. A few weeks later, he went to pay his fine, went to the courthouse in Hampton, New Hampshire, and he waited for a couple hours. Uh, the, the judge reviewed all the cases and finally adjourned the court, walked out, and Rod was a little stumped, and he went forward and asked the clerk, my name is Rod Hersey, I was supposed to pay a fine today. And the clerk said, oh yeah, let me check. And he said, oh yeah, your name's right here. Your fine was paid by Officer Namey, the cop who had led him to Christ. And there was something about for Rod, who grew up in an alcoholic household, there was something about the power of Ray Namie's generosity, the power of the gospel, and the power of how it was transforming in his own life. Uh, Rod experienced the love of Christ in a deep way. And there was something powerful in his testimony. Uh, there was something about the way that he, he seemed to be completely different from what I knew by reputation. And so that night, it was March 7, 1972, uh, we drove to Hampton, Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, and uh, I knelt in the sand and prayed and trusted Christ with my life. I went home that night um, thinking there's a God who's real. Uh, Rod met with me, at the, I think it was the next night or, or two, and then he invited me to a little church. There I, I saw my English teacher from my freshman year, a man named Stan Peepgrass, and I, I knew him to be a Christian. Well, I, I didn't know for sure, but... I'd taken a class with my freshman year on the literary nature of the Bible, and I didn't know anything about the Bible. But at that little church, Stan stood out to me as someone I always admired as a teacher. And then I just met other people in that little congregation called Faith Community Church in Hampton. And I began to grow as a Christian as a result of that little community of friends, of people who loved me and loved the gospel. What an amazing, amazing Series of events, Craig, in your story of God's grace, God's intervention, his redemptive hand. When we come back from our break, you're going to hear more from Craig Parker. Craig is the city director for the Navigators in Boston. He'll share about the Navigators and the worldwide ministry the Navigators have and the specific role that Craig and his wife Nancy, they play in Boston. This is a critical time in the lives of many people, COVID and the political challenges that go about, but nothing like hearing the good news of a life change through Christ. Stay with us, we'll be back with more. Road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky, leave it to me. I'll lead you home 
Active lifestyles are promoted for healthy living. This involves exercise and a range of sporting activities. There are times, though, when injuries take place resulting from sports work or even the effects of age. In some cases, surgical care is necessary to facilitate proper healing. That's the time to call orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi with offices at both Polymomi and Kuakini. Dr. Calvin Oishi has treated patients with the compassion, care, and expertise second to none. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi, 484-2042, 484-2042. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. Many people tell me how the Good Life Radio Show has made a difference in their lives, how they've shared our free podcasts with family and friends from thegoodlifehawaii.com. Others have connected on Facebook and Twitter. This is made possible through our corporate sponsors. Thank you to Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Windward Family Dentistry, Burt's Union Service Station on School Street, Michael Beasley of Kayani, Fran Villarmia Kahavai of Properties International Limited, Chinen and Arunaga Financial Group Incorporated, A1A Electrician, and orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi. To find out how to become a corporate sponsor, click Partners at TheGoodLifeHawaii.com. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show, Hawaii's only local inspirational Christian talk show on 99.5 The Word, weekdays at 2 p.m. and 12 midnight, providing opportunities to connect family and friends with Jesus Christ. Listening to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. Now, let's rejoin Danny and his special guests. Craig Parker is the city director for the Navigators in Boston. He provides oversight to numerous staff and volunteer leaders. They minister among college students, internationals, incarcerated persons, and in neighborhoods and churches, all with the focus on life-to-life discipleship. I'm Danny Yamashiro, along with my co-host, Lani Ka'a. We're grateful that you're with us today. You might want to find out more. You say, Danny, how do I find out more about Navigators? or Navigators Boston, just go to navigatorsboston.org. If you'd like to find out more about this program, the Good Life Radio Show, and programs like these, each unique to uh, various points of interest, but all sharing the gospel, go to thegoodlifehawaii.com. Aloha, Craig. This is Lonnie. Thank you so much for being on our show it was amazing what you talked about in your first in the first segment and I you know, before I go on I just wanna pause and just give glory to God for that wonderful um police officer and uh just to know that there are people out there in the middle of their work and their marketplace um you know, roles that they're leading our young uh, adults to Christ and how Amen. amazing it would be if every police mm-hmm. officer when they booked a youth would follow up and and show them what it means to pay the price for their sin. Uh, what an amazing impact that would be! And I just I will continue to pray that 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 officer makes the impact and that officers 
here today and beyond mm. will also. Craig, I'm really interested Amen. in navigators. I don't know much about it. Can can you just share what are the navigators or who are the navigators? Sure. <laughs> I always describe the navigators as one of the bigger Christian organizations that nobody's ever heard of. Um, uh, the navigators have been around since 1933. I think we're in about 110 nations at least. Navigators started when a man named Dawson Trotman uh, was... Uh, Basically, it had led himself to Christ by memorizing Scripture in the 1920s. And in the 1930s, he began a serviceman's ministry with sailors in Long Beach, California. He um, was passionate about memorizing Scripture and helping other people to do so. And he uh, began to meet with a sailor named Les Spencer. Uh, they met together for several months. Um, Dawson would read this word, the Word with him. They'd pray together. They'd memorize Scripture together. After a few months, Les said to Dawson, hey, I have a friend on board my ship. I want you to help him. And Dawson said, no, you help him. And with that simple phrase, no, you help him, they really stumbled on on, on, on basically the, the idea of life-to-life discipleship. That Second uh, Timothy 2.2, the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, Paul said to Timothy, these entrust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And there's four generations there, Paul to Timothy, Timothy, Timothy to faithful and able people, and then others also. And so Dawson began to meet with uh, Les and Les with this other guy, and then there were a handful of sailors. They began to meet together, and they, because they're all in the Navy, they call themselves the Navigators. By the end of World War II, people uh, on over a 1,000 ships and military bases had been discipled or influenced by the Navigators. In the late uh, 1940s, when Billy Graham for a short time was the president of Northwestern Bible College, he met all these former these veterans, who had memorized hundreds of Bible verses, and he said, who are these guys? Oh, that's the Navigators, you know, Dawson Trotman. And Billy Graham didn't know anything about Dawson Trotman, but he ended up meeting him, and then eventually they struck up a partnership, and the Navigators developed the follow-up ministries for the Billy Graham organization and had a huge influence in the 1950s and 60s. The Navigators began sending missionaries. The first missionary was sent, I think, in 1948 or 49 to Formosa, now Taiwan, and then uh, launched campus ministries in the 1950s. And today, the Navigators, as I mentioned, are in over 110 nations. Uh, we have college ministries. We have um, military ministries. We have ministries among internationals. We have a branch of the Navigators called Isaiah 58, serving people affected by systemic injustice, including incarceration or other issues. We have ministries of internationals. And we're a mission-sending organization, uh, and um, our our focus, you know, as we mentioned in the introduction, is life-to-life discipleship. It's people, a few people helping a few people to help others. And we always have in, in mind the third and fourth generation. How can I help a friend who in turn will help a friend who in turn will help a friend? Mm. I just love that. It seems to partner or, or actually come alongside the church, big C, body of Christ. As we meet in big gatherings, sometimes we feel lost in the in the sense of those larger gatherings, but it seems to me that mm-hmm. Navigators has really found a lane, if you will, a, a way to minister and evangelize and be apostles to the nations. Um, you have been to many places, New Hampshire, Germany, Virginia, now in Boston. What lessons did God teach you when you were in Germany? I lived in Germany for seven years. I worked uh, with a military ministry. I'd, I'd I went on staff in 1980 doing military ministry in Norfolk, Virginia with sailors, and then I moved to Germany to lead a, a ministry in an Air Force base. I think I 
um, mm-hmm. in terms of some lessons that I learned there, I learned, um, for one, that uh, the American culture is not the best culture in the world, <laughs> that America is not the best nation in the world. And I, my, my kids went to German school. I, had, I, I needed to learn German to help my kids, even though I was ministering with Americans. And I think I began to see the breadth of, uh, that God cares about the nations of the world and not just my nation. I, um, I think I learned that there's a beauty in other cultures. As I saw, whether it be German culture or as I met people from Turkey or met people from other countries, I saw the, the, the breadth in, in, in the beauty of cultures of the world. And I think it just opened my eyes that God really is, has a heart for the nation. He cares for all the peoples of the world. Also, some, the cultures. Uh, the, the, yeah, go ahead. The cultures, the languages, the people, yeah. uh, the foods. Yeah. So, Craig, how about memories? What are some of your best memories serving at Dartmouth College? Oh, I've got a zillion memories. <laughs> I ended up uh, having lived in Germany and having lived away from New England, I moved back to New Hampshire in 1990 to take over ministry at Dartmouth College. And I soon learned that I was the only campus ministry staff in New England with navigators. And we love our sister ministries, Campus Crusade and University. Uh, but uh, so for a while, it was a solo. I was a solo, my wife and I. And I began to uh, just embrace the culture of Dartmouth. And so memories I have are just really of students who either came to faith or who grow significantly in our lives. Um, I, we began having people live with us while we were in Germany, and while we were at, in Hanover, we had about 70 people live in our home over the 19 years we lived in Hanover. Many of them were Dartmouth students or Dartmouth alums. Uh, one fun memory is of a, a woman who came to faith named Krista. I, um, I uh, was meeting with a friend named Lewis. He was a Dartmouth, uh, I think, senior at the time, and he, uh, we were wrapping up at the student center, and a woman named stopped by named Krista, and she said, "Hi, Lewis. I'm ready for dinner whenever you are." And Lewis said to Krista, "Oh, great. By the way, this is my friend Craig." And she said, "Craig, are you a professor here?" I said, "No, I'm a minister." And she said, "Oh, that's nice." We chatted a few more minutes, and then she said, "What is it you do again?" I said, "Well, I love Jesus, and I try to help students follow Him." And she said, "Oh, that's nice." As they walked away. Krista said to Lewis, they're having dinner, she said to Lewis, what does that guy do again? He loves Jesus? Lewis said, not Jesus, he loves Jesus. She goes, oh, (laughs) Jesus. She thought I loved provolone cheese or cheddar cheese. And and that, she said, oh, Jesus. And they ended up talking about Jesus. And and a few months later, Krista became a follower of Jesus. uh, And it changed the whole course of her life. Uh, she ended up living in her home for 10 months and and met her husband as a result, and they have five kids, and uh, the, the story is very profound. I think of another guy named Cheyenne, who I gave a Bible to. He was really offended by it. Uh, he happened to come from a Hindu background. We met over coffee, and I won't go into the story of how we met, but we had coffee. I handed him the Bible. He said thanks, and then I didn't see him for four years because <laughs> he went. he's graduated from Dartmouth came back to you. Went to Harvard, came back to Dartmouth, and then a mentor in his invited him to a little Baptist church in Atna, New Hampshire, and, and Cheyenne started going with with Greg to that church. 
And one day he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab that Bible that that guy Craig gave me. And he went to the lobby of the Hanover Inn, in, right in the middle of Hanover, sat down, he was wearing a sports coat, sat in the lobby, opened the Bible for the first time, and at that very moment, I walked into the lobby of the Hanover Inn. We hadn't seen each other, as I mentioned, for four years. Cheyenne looked up at me and said, Hi, Craig, I'm reading that Bible you gave me. <laughs> and it was, again, a, a Holy Spirit moment of just touching, at, you know, the coincidence of us meeting together. Cheyenne ended up also becoming a believer, and he ended up living in our home for about nine months. Uh, I could just tell story after story after story <laughs> of people. I think of a guy named Alex who became a believer, but I, 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 for time's sake, I won't. But I just, I just could tell you story after story after story of, of individuals like that. Well, these these stories are powerful because they speak and communicate a message of availability to God and God's purposes, and to see the way that God has used you over the course of mm -hmm. years and now over the course of decades. You're listening yeah. to Craig Parker. Craig is the city director for The Navigators in Boston. He shared about the ministry of The Navigators. What a rich history with Dawson Trotman and Les Spencer, Bible of Scripture Memory, and the impact in over 110 nations. When we come back, we'll hear more from Craig. His ministry has grown and expanded at Boston University. He'll share about that and maybe some things that we can learn from him of how he was impacted by COVID and things that he did to keep him going in his faith during such a trying time. That and more from Craig Parker of The Navigators. Find out more at navigatorsboston.org. Danny Yamashiro here with Lonnie Ka'a and Craig Parker. Craig Parker, when we come back. Stay with us, heart to heart with you. Wandering the road of desperate life Namelessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me I lead you home Have you heard the stories on the Good Life Hawaii radio show with Danny Amashiro and his guests? Yup. I listen to Danny's show every day. Those testimonies inspire me in my life at work, with my family, and in my relationship with God. Did you ever visit thegoodlifehawaii.com? There's all kinds of resources there. Danny Amashiro has interviewed hundreds of guests on subjects like parenting, business, relationships, depression, overcoming addiction, hope, and so much more. As a matter of fact, I have. Did you know there are videos where Danny prays for your family, your finances, even a video I've used to help lead my friends to Christ? Wow, and I hear Danny is offering special opportunities and benefits for his Good Life Partnership Club members. Yep, go to thegoodlifehawaii.com and remember to connect with Danny on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter too, that's Danny Yamashiro. I'm going to visit thegoodlifehawaii.com today. Do you need a specialist in cosmetic dentistry? Someone who can bring the best in you from the inside out. Let Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa help you. His warmth, compassion, and expertise provides all the assurance needed for your dental needs. Visit Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Windward Family Dentistry in Kaneohe. 
Call him at 235-4525 to make an appointment today. That's 235-4525. Or visit jeffmiyazawa.com, Winward Family Dentistry, where a lifetime of smiles is created. Listening to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. Now, let's rejoin Danny and his special guests. Craig Parker has worked for the Navigators for more than 40 years. He has worked in places where his assignments have been in New Hampshire, Germany, and Virginia. He served as campus director at Boston University for seven years and at Dartmouth College for 17 years. This is the Good Life Radio Show here. Danny Yamashiro, along with my co-host, Lani Ka'a. We're grateful you're with us today. Craig Parker, when... You know, after your work in Germany and Dartmouth, 17 years, when did the doors open for you and Nancy for your ministry at Boston University? Um, in 2000, uh, 2009, I took a sabbatical after my time at Dartmouth and um, was praying about different options. And I felt increasingly we we launched the ministry at, at Boston University through my daughter Karen and her husband Drew, who were uh, senior or seniors there, they were rowers on the crew team, and they launched a Bible study, and that led to us planting a ministry there in 1999. There was a succession of staff, but no one moved to Boston to sort of live there, work there, and and stay there. And so, as I considered various options that I had, as I had wrapped up my time at Dartmouth, we felt increasingly that we should move to Boston and take over the ministry of Boston University. At the time, it was just a handful of students. Uh, and I um, had a one woman who joined Nancy and me, and we began to pray that God would use us. And again, we, we love our sister ministries, but there were there are many, many students at Boston University, and many of whom do not know the Lord, and we prayed that God would would use us. Uh, so we we continued there, and then, uh, as, as you mentioned, I was the campus director for the first seven years, and God just raised up some new staff to join us, and I was able to transition to our current campus director, Dave Rogers, and his wife, Rachel, and we have new staff that have joined us at well at BU. In fact, the BU students, there are just 39 students and staff that went on a retreat this past weekend and had a chance to just visit with, with some of them before they left, and it was exciting to see people who are believers, people who are not believers, who have, who are, are, have gathered together, and, and they went on a retreat this past weekend. Craig, incredible uh, progress, again, mm -hmm. through your faithfulness and availability before the Lord. Uh, what a message that is, a wonderful reminder and timely reminder mm -hmm. today. These have indeed be been challenging years going into the second year of COVID. What practices, mm -hmm. Craig Parker, have uh, personally have served you well, sort of like a, a lifeline during sure. these difficult times? I mean, I, I, I maintain a devotional life. I 
I'm pretty consistent. I begin every morning somewhere between 6.30 and 7 with the Lord, and I've been doing that consistently throughout my lifetime, and and I've been consistent uh, during COVID as well. But there have been a couple of innovative things that we've done that have also helped us through COVID. The first is that we've watched some learning communities focused on the idea of being a disciple and disciple-making. In fact, it's through our website, navigatorsboston.org. And we ended up uh, creating, uh, the navigators are, want to raise up a new generation of disciple-makers who are, have five traits. Number one, they walk with Jesus. Number two, they go deep in the Scripture. Number three, they're in biblical community. Number four, they have a heart for the law. And number five, they can disciple others, the next generation. And so we launched a learning community, uh, a, a bunch of learning communities around these five traits uh, over 20 weeks. And they're all of the learning communities were virtual. And we, we just had such a great time. We launched them last January or January of this year. We have some more uh, that are going on this fall, and then we'll launch another uh, group of cohorts uh, this coming January. And what we discovered is that people who don't know each other can meet together via Zoom, and, and when they're in a learning community together around a particular focus or topic, they actually can bond together and become friends. And uh, I hosted two learning communities, one that was with men and women, the other one was just men. And it's amazing, people that didn't know each other at all when we first began actually became close friends, and, and some of them are still connecting to this day as a result of that. Another thing that I've been doing during COVID is I've been working on a memoir. It's, I, I began it some years ago, but COVID has helped me focus even more in terms of writing not only my life story, but I've been writing the stories of other people who have influenced me or that I've influenced. The working title of my memoir is Amazed But Not Surprised. I want to talk about the things that God has done that are amazing, but we shouldn't be surprised that He does amazing things. And then the third thing that I've been doing is through High Rock Church, where I worship because I've been working with people affected by incarceration for about four years now, we've launched a microchurch, the focus of which is incarceration and injustice. We, uh, we gather every Sunday morning at 8.30 virtually, and we are, our topic is incarceration. But we, we also talk about injustice as well. And, and it's been interesting. Some of the people I have have yet to meet face-to-face, but we, our common missional emphasis is how can we serve men and women who are presently incarcerated or those who are transitioning out or their families. And I've been surprised at, at the, the richness of our conversation, the dialogue that we have, and the, as we hear stories of men and women who have come out of incarceration or, or we meet people who are working directly with this population, it's been incredibly um, stimulating to, to all of us. Mm. Craig, what I when I hear you Craig. speak, it's so inspiring. I I see that... Hi, can you hear me? Yep. Uh, yes, sorry, can. Craig. Uh, we're we're yep, both uh, chiming okay. in because we're kind of excited about what you're talking about. Um, yeah. You know, you're you're reaching a, a younger generation. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, discipling a next generation really with a great uh, focus and clarity. But as well, you're mm-hmm. reaching a generation of the lost that are incarcerated, seeing them mm-hmm. come out and. And, and, you know, not wanting them to ever go back in, but giving them the transition tools of eternal mm-hmm. life uh, that will keep them from making the, the same thing, kind of choices they did in the past. And somehow mm-hmm. I feel that those two uh, demographics are similar and different at the same time. But what what kind of changes overall 
have you seen across the landscape since you've been in navigators for so many years? What, when you, we talk about the openness to the gospel, mm-hmm. what would you say? Is there a greater openness, or are, is there more of a challenge? Lonnie, I think it's a mix of both. I think some people are put off by Christians or Christianity, but I don't know anyone that's put off by Jesus. Um, I think Jesus is, I often describe him as the most influential non-Christian of all time. Uh, he was the Jew uh-huh. who is the, mo- the most famous Jew in history. Uh, Muslims revere Jesus as the prophet second to Muhammad, and they're actually awaiting the, the return of Jesus, not of uh, Hindus admire Jesus. Uh, Non-Christians view Jesus as perhaps the greatest moral teacher of all time, and obviously Christians love Jesus. And so I, I just find it, when people talk about Jesus, um, when we focus on Jesus, when we can get people to consider the stories of Jesus, people are immensely open and immensely attracted. I don't—I've never heard anyone like be, be you know, dissing Jesus. <laughs> um, they might diss mm-hmm. Christians or Christianity, but I, I, you know, I always say if you if you hate Jesus, you're picking the wrong guy to hate because he's like Mother Teresa, only more so. He he died sacrificially. Mm-hmm. He hated religious hypocrisy. He uh, he identified with the poor, uh, and so so I think there's immense immense spiritual interest in Jesus, and if we could just uh, help people to focus on Jesus, uh, it's like the seed in good soil. Wow, you know I love what you're saying, and uh, uh, Danny, it just you know Jesus and nothing else, right, Danny? We hear Amen. that theme constantly. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, when we come back, Craig, I'd like to talk about your perception on the current generation of leaders and what you see and how they inspire you. You're Mm -hmm. listening to Craig Parker. Craig has been involved with work in Germany and another part of the world through a, a community alliance. I'll share a little bit more about that when we come back. Craig Parker, city director, Navigators Boston. Find out more at navigatorsboston.org. These are indeed moments when discussions about Jesus, as Craig has made very clear, not, not about religion and not about other things that could detract, but the person of Jesus. There is a relevance there. There is a, a draw. There is a compelling the person of Jesus Christ. And when we come back, Craig Parker will share more about Jesus. So stay with us. We'll be right back. The road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. I lead you home. In times of economic challenge, opportunities arise. All we need is someone to say, I believe in you. Michael Beasley, a senior executive of Kayani Team Aloha, has seen Kayani products improve the quality of people's lives. Michael Beasley says Kayani's mission is to empower people globally to experience better health, wealth, and a lot of fun. Contact Michael Beasley at 277-9528. Live outside the 9 to 5 workday? Become the CEO of your own business while Kayani handles the details. That's Michael Beasley at 277-9528. 277-9528. 
Active lifestyles are promoted for healthy living. There are times when injuries take place. In some cases, surgical care is necessary. That's the time to call orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi with offices at both Palimomi and Kuakini. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi at 484-2042-484-2042. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. Many people tell me how the Good Life Radio Show has made a difference in their lives, how they've shared our free podcasts with family and friends from thegoodlifehawaii.com. Others have connected on Facebook and Twitter. This is made possible through our corporate sponsors. Thank you to Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Windward Family Dentistry, Burt's Union Service Station on School Street, Michael Beasley of Kayani, Fran Villarmia Kahavai of Properties International Limited, Chinen and Arunaga Financial Group Incorporated, A1A Electrician, and orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi. To find out how to become a corporate sponsor, click partners at thegoodlifehawaii.com. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show, Hawaii's only local inspirational Christian talk show on 99.5 The Word, weekdays at 2 p.m. and 12 midnight, providing opportunities to connect family and friends with Jesus Christ. Listening to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. Now, let's rejoin Danny and his special guests. Yes, you can indeed find out more about this uh, compelling ministry, Navigators. Uh, Navigators Boston at navigatorsboston.org. Craig Parker is the city director of Navigators Boston. As a launching board member and former chairman of the board of directors, he also has served as a board board member, former chairman of the Luwala Community Alliance in Western Kenya, uh, doing work where he's engaged in international development. Well, we'll talk more about that with Craig, in these final few minutes that we have, Craig Parker, Danny Yamashiro here with Lani Ka'a'a. Craig, you've been around leaders for generations. What characteristics of the current generation of leaders, what characteristics inspire you? Um, well, I think the, the characteristic of any leader, uh, whether regardless of their age, is simply do people want to follow them? And I, I love when people communicate a sense of vision and that people and, and something that's compelling and people want to follow. But I, specifically with this younger generation of leaders, I think younger generation leaders have a deep heart for justice. I think of just in Isaiah 42, where it talks about the Messiah, my servant whom I, I, I hold, my chosen one whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. He'll bring forth justice to the nations, Isaiah 42, 1. I think younger leaders who inspire a heart for justice, a heart to bring, to address um, the six social needs that Jesus talks about in Matthew 25, uh, water, hunger, clothing, shelter, disease, and incarceration. When people have a compelling vision to do something about that, to address uh, the the, 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 uh, disorder or injustice that people see today, 
And and when they step up and they bring courage and vision and faith to an enterprise like that, I think that's inspiring people to be serious about following Christ as well. Craig, we've got uh, we've got some we're limited by time, but there are a couple mm-hmm. questions I'd like to ask, and then mm-hmm. ask if you would pray for our listeners. Uh, the first yeah. one regard is regarding your ministry in Western Kenya with the Luwala Community Alliance. Share yes. with us a little of what you're doing there, what you have been doing. Sure. This started because two brothers who went to Dartmouth, uh, one of them was involved in, with the Ministry of the Navigators. Their parents died of AIDS, and they asked us if we would help them build a clinic. Uh, we did. We raised money at a Navigators conference, and there's more people who are part of the story. But we launched in 2006, 2007, uh, providing health care. And so our initial was, uh, response was to provide clinical care, public health, education development, and then eventually economic development. And so we've grown since our, we our, I think our opening day was in 2007. Uh, we've grown now to having over 250 Kenyan employees. We're the largest health care provider in the area. And uh, we've made an enormous difference uh, in this in this area. And our model has, is scalable in such a way that we've gained lots of national favor within Kenya as well as international favor as well. Craig Parker talking about Luwala Community Alliance, speaking Mm -hmm. of social justice, meeting social needs, Matthew 25 Mm -hmm. and Isaiah 42, one. Navigators ministry nationwide, worldwide, including at the University of Hawaii. Craig, how has the Lord helped you through difficult times? Uh, well, in, initially through his word, just there's something when God speaks to you. My wife and I lost a child from cancer many, many years ago, and his word touched us deeply. But also the community of faith of people, when you have friends, I've working with navigators, I've worked with people that I've worked, that I've known for 40 years. I Two of my colleagues here in the Boston area, one I've known since 1973 and the other one since 1987. And so when you work with the same people, when you when you work with your friends, you can walk through uh, difficult times together, like Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. And then I think the other thing that inspires me is sense, the sense of vision, that um, even in the midst of, you know, Second uh, Corinthians 4, 8, Paul says, perplexed but not dismayed. <laughs> I, I've often felt perplexed, but I'm not dismayed, uh, because he says, I, you know, Paul says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. And so I, I'm just convinced God has, even in the midst of dark times, there's work to be done, there's people that need to do it, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, so let's go and band together with a few friends and let's just go do the work. And so uh, his word and and some deep friends have have sustained me through hard times, and also a sense of vision with the work that needs to be accomplished. God's word, friends, and vision. Amen. Those three: God's word, friends, yeah. and vision. If you were to, if you were to weave those three together hmm. a little bit further, let's take one more weave through those mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. Are there certain people that come to mind 
have sure. in a way embodied in an exemplary way each of mm -hmm. those? Um, I was discipled by a man named Bill Cassidy, who I met in 1975, and I was with him for five years. And he really embodied all three of, all three of those things. He was a man of the Scripture. Uh, he banded a bunch of us together. A bunch of us moved to Virginia together. I think there were 14 of us. Uh, we, 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 Our lives were woven together, but we were also deeply shaped by a sense of vision. I, I took over leading a ministry at Langley Air Force Base at age 25 with a friend named Walter Teal. And Walter and I still work together uh, all these years later. Um, I... So Bill was deeply influential in my life. Uh, I've had other Navigator leaders, uh, a man named John Boyd, another man named Jimmy Truler, another man named Mike Turtle, and all of them have been influential, and in, in they just uh, embodied all three of these things. It's hard to d distinguish one person more than the others because all of them, they're mm -hmm. like a deeply woven rope that's part of my life that, I, that, I, that, that sustains me to, to, want, to want to keep doing what I'm doing. Very well said. Very well said, Craig. Uh, prayer. Uh, would you pray? You spoke Amen. so much about the network or the web of friends that are knitted mm -hmm. together with God's word, by God's word, and mm -hmm. focused on vision. Someone today is perplexed, and we want to pray mm -hmm. that they be not dismayed, Second Corinthians 4, 8. So, dear Craig, brother, could you, would you, Please pray for someone who's suffering and maybe on their heels in life right now and need the word, need a friend, and need some vision. Lord, I, I pray for whoever that individual is that needs comfort today. Uh, today. I think it's Second Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, that you comfort us so that we may be able to comfort others. And I pray that uh, even as the scripture says in Isaiah, comfort, oh, comfort my people. Lord, I pray that, that you would bring comfort to Whatever individual today needs to hear this, maybe the loss of a child like my wife and I experienced so many years ago, maybe the loss of a vision or the loss of a job or loss of a marriage, I pray, God, that you would bring comfort, that you would bring encouragement, uh, that you would bring hope even in the midst of their deep despair or discouragement. Indeed, we pray that you would move, oh Lord our God, in a powerful way, ways that, that only you can, for you know all things. Yeah. Bring it forth, oh God, in the lives of our dear listeners, according Amen. to your word, as you have led our, our dear brother Craig to pray. We entrust our precious listener to you right now. You know their needs, you know where they're at, and that you touch them, Lord. With an indelible impression that they would know and know and know that indeed Amen. God has touched them. God loves them for you Amen. love them so. We commit them Amen. into your hands right now, Father, with gratefulness Amen. in our hearts. In Amen. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, Craig Parker, what an honor it has been to be with you. Thank you for sharing your precious time with us. Thank you, dear brother. Thank you, Danny, and thank you, Lonnie. Thank you both. Thank you, Navigatorsboston.org. Well, dear one, hope-filled words from Craig Parker, mm. Navigatorsboston.org. Mm. And you know, 
God's timing is perfect. And we believe there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, we believe this may be the perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to thegoodlifeforyou.com, click Get to Know Jesus. I've got a special video presentation for you there. And if you'd like to stand with us with your prayers, your financial support to make a donation, go to thegoodlifeforyou.com and click Partners and Donate. And we thank you in advance. Psalm 1 verse 2, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Craig Parker, NavigatorsBoston.org. Until next time, I'm Danny Yamashiro with my co-host, Lonnie Ka'a, technical producer Chaz Ontai, and web designer Arlen Nagata. Remember, the Lord is with you. Let Him unleash your God-given purpose today. Thank you for listening in on today's broadcast of The Good Life with host Danny Yamashiro. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you. The Good Life radio program is listener supported and we'd like to encourage you to pray about becoming a sponsor or donor. Your support makes it possible for us to continue to minister to God's people through The Good Life. To become a sponsor or to make a donation, please visit thegoodlifehawaii.org. That's thegoodlifehawaii.org. And may God richly bless you with The Good Life.